Hello and welcome to episode 22 of series three of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, Lawrence Landry, Jim Harley, Russ Brooks and James Eastwood, also known as Snowy. Um, this is our first episode of 2022, I think, as we were just discussing, that uh, none of us really know what day it is, time it is, month it is, year it is, to be honest. It's been, it's been pretty long couple of weeks uh, but we've got a couple of quite, a, quite a bit to cover we've got the Gloucester Bath game we've got the Gloucester Worcester Premiership Cup game to cover and also uh, Gloucester versus Quinns at the weekend uh, in addition to some interesting revelations around Leicester and the uh, salary cap allegedly and anything else we want to chat about uh, what we'll do is we'll do it in order to make it simple and easy um, so we'll start off with the Gloucester Bath game that was held on Boxing Day and um was a comprehensive and comfortable win, the biggest win of professional era over Bath at the rack, 40 points to 20. Um, I'll start with Jim, um, because you were supposed to be going, but I think you thought better of it in the end, didn't you, mate? Well, I didn't think better of going. I thought better of not upsetting the wife. Well, quite rightly as well at Christmas. Um, So I didn't go. Um, I did get to watch the game at the in-laws. And... Actually, it was because normally I get quite stressed, you know, watch, watching Gloucester play. Mm. And I don't think I was that stressed because I think <laughs> even though Gloucester were involved, I was actually confident from pretty much the first minute to the 80th that we had him on toast and the, the result wasn't really in uh, much jeopardy. Yeah, there was, a, there was a brief period, wasn't there, around sort of... Um... I don't know what it would have been. It would have been probably about... It started in the second half, I think. Yeah, sort of 45. Started to bring back memories of when um, Banahan scored in the corner to get the draw after we were 21-0 up and then they came Mm. back at us. And it's... But thankfully, we managed to... Our rolling ball was that good that it um, just... Every time we got the ball, we could get the ball into touch and then away we went. Yeah, I mean, as I think you're right to say, Jim, I I didn't feel stressed as such. Um... You always worry. I'm at a bonus point at half time away at Bath. It was a bit dreamland stuff. Uh, your some from your point of view, Jim, what were your sort of it's, it seems an age ago, doesn't it? It's only, only it just does. over a week. It does seem a very long time ago. It's only just a week ago. Um, I know. But what from your point of view, did you obviously the rolling mall, as Loz has mentioned, that was a really big plus. Um, any other areas that sort of stuck out or could you you can remember sticking out to you? Um, I just seem to th- I mean, again, I think our defence was really solid. It's just, um, you know, obviously we're going to talk about that in, in the other two fixtures as well. But, mm. yeah, I just think uh, we were, even in a game that the scoreline was, you know, it, it kind of flattered them maybe a little bit towards the end. Um, flattered Bath, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think... Gloucester have got into this sort of situation now where even if they they could be 100 points to nil up and they'll still graft and graft and graft to to keep the opposition out. They've got a real real strong mentality um, in that regard. Um, And I don't think they're kind of just going, oh, well, we'll just let them in and then get the ball back and uh, and get it back into their territory. That that doesn't seem to be part of their mindset, which is great. Mm. Uh, I mean, we'll apart from the old aberration, <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose I was gonna, we'll come on to this again as you mentioned about the, the the differences from maybe last season or even earlier this season. 
Um, I do think we still miss quite a lot of tackles if you look at the the stats. Um, but we're going to probably do that because of the amount of ball we give our oppos- the opposition. Um, now, Snowy um, and well, Russ, you I believe were watching it. You were supposed to be watching it with your in-laws. Uh, Russ, you be- you ended up having to watch it uh, at yeah. home. Uh, um, no, we were we were down there, but I had to watch it the day later, so I didn't watch it live because ah, okay. COVID interfered with our Christmas plans. So we basically had Christmas Day Boxing Day. So my chances of watching the game live were slim and none. I wasn't brave <laughs> enough to ask, no. um, given the stress my wife had gone through with her parents and COVID. Um, I think the thing I'd say is it's one of those games where I thought we played really well, but I also thought Bath were really shit. Like yeah, really I think that's bad, a fairly, really that's a really bad. Good, like the, yeah. the war, war more defense. Like that, like Tom Dern, someone else, someone else, someone, they had like four players marking a blind side where it was me and stood there. And it's like, you know, he wasn't going to go that way. So I do think we played really well. I'm not detracting from us at all, but I think it was a bit like Jim. I wasn't worried even when Buff, because they were just so terrible. I think we could still be playing that game and I wouldn't be worried that they'd have got into it really. They, they just they just didn't have a pack, I don't think. Like, no. so Jim said he wasn't nervous, but I I was nervous. Yeah, we could, I, I went back. Spell. I went back um, through that our WhatsApp group, and you were like, yeah, I could tell you were getting very yeah. twitchy. <laughs> yeah, but that might there, be because you, you where... were with Bath fans, though. That might be why. Well, yeah, I was with Bath, five Bath fans, but it, you always get a bit nervous when we're playing Bath. But they <laughs> they were only they only needed two tries with about 20 minutes to go mm. um, and they they had a lot of possession we were attacking us and we, we defended really well and they've actually got a lot they've still got a lot of quality in their back line yeah um, and I thought the young 10 had an absolutely cracking yeah. game Orlando um, Bailey yeah he was a standout yeah, for them Bailey. wasn't he and they've still got a couple of players that can sort of create something from nothing and they were mm. getting across the game line and breaking but we defended well enough what played in our favour is their it's probably the worst pack performance I've ever seen. <laughs> it was, it was pretty um, awful. We didn't have to commit anyone to any rucks. No, it, it was it was a great bit of defending practice because, um, yeah, because they just weren't challenging in the fours whatsoever. We're not be. we're not a turnover team, and we got we got tons of them. Was it eleven yeah. turnovers? I think or twelve turnovers. Ridiculous. Like I, know. I mean, it must be. You compare them to where because we were in their situation pretty much last year weren't we nowhere near as bad mm. and i i remember thinking god it's bleak for us jesus christ being a bar fan now you you know it's weird because like snow said their bat line is good that is not a different there's no not much difference to that bat line to when they were really dominant but their pack are absolutely awful they want a bit of a run though aren't they they haven't lost since 2022 that's true <laughs> yeah i mean you know what you know well, it's bad with their court fans case is- and they, and they the, won the, the, oh, they won yeah, court well, they... case against the charity commission. So I mean, the wreck's going to be turned into a beautiful, you know, twenty-five thousand capacity uh, yeah. modern stadium, isn't it? Mm. Which they'll still flood the pitch of, but mm. you know, it'd be great in the championship, wouldn't it, when they bring back relegation? Uh, well, I, I mean, it is. We we've kind of jokingly mentioned about the fact that it is really unfortunate that they, this is probably the worst bath side I can remember. Um, and unfortunately, it's the one year that they're never, they're not going to get relegated. Which if, is... if it was anyone else, I'd feel sorry for them, but I don't. Mm. <laughs> but just with me, I, I just can't. You, Snowy said that's the worst pack performance he's seen a team play. 
I don't mean take anything away from the result, because let's be fair, I would have took 40 points to 20, I would have bit your hand off and probably said you were joking that we would have beaten them by that much at the start. I can't help but feel disappointed we didn't score more points than we bring on the what's, what's funny, Loz, is it was a record win. That's a record win for us away at Bath. It has to be. In the professional era. I think we beat them. Yeah, I think back in, you know, it's, it's the second oldest it, derby in rugby, isn't it? Also and again, we... But again, it's weird because I thought we played well, but it never felt like we got out of third gear. I don't think we really had to do anything to win that game. Do you know what I mean? It never looked like... No. You look at all, all the tries, they're really easy, simple tries, aren't they? It comes from a state just through the hands, simple. I think you know, that's we, isn't it? It's just, it's just because their pack were so bad. It's like, what, what's the point of trying to work something really complex to score when all you need to do is knock it in the corner and drive them all or... Throw a couple of passes out, and you're in. You're in behind them I, I for mean, forty meters. The, yeah, the thing is, is I'm going into work with some. Well, I'm working from home, COVID, but I, I'm in meetings with some bar fans tomorrow, and I really want to gloat. But it kind of feels like laughing at a puppy that's run into a window pane. I'll laugh about it for a bit, and then I'll feel really bad about it. Do you know what I mean? It's really weird. No. It's a really hard game. <laughs> no, no, yes. but but do you know what I mean. I think all right, that's a crap. And I think the analogy is it just it doesn't feel like it was a record win because we didn't have to try that hard to well, get I, it. And I, I agree I, with Lars. It would be yeah. nice to put like eighty points on them. It just See, felt like if we could have gone for the jugular. I think I think that there isn't there is a point. I agree. There is a point here that I felt a little bit after the game was we'd just beaten Bath away at the wreck, um, which we haven't. I mean, you know, I was there the first time we did it and it isn't uh, people forget. It, it's only recently where we've actually got a couple of results down there. Um, and I, and I, you know, it's a record win. Really, if you look at that try at the end for them, it was he was clearly in front of the kicker. It probably, if that had been a crucial decision that had to be made, he probably wouldn't have given it. Um, he Which certainly is really would have weird, actually. That's that it, means well, yeah, decision I, I, making. It, it, that, that's not good, is it? You should, yeah, you should be. Professional referees should, should not care what the scoreline is. Yeah, it should all be about right and wrong, and that exactly. Really weird, but that I, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't not, I don't want to sound downbeat about it, but I did feel a bit underwhelmed. No, I, yeah, I think you, that's, I think yeah. that's a positive, Ed. Right? Because oh yeah, I, it probably if, is if, positive. If you yeah. look at like an Exeter or someone when they've sort of dominated the league. Most of their performances, week in, week out, you're not like, oh, look how intense that was. It was amazing. Mm. They've just ripped that team apart. Let's get the job done. And that was, we got a bonus point win against Bath. Bam, tick in the box, job done, focus on the next game. Yeah, I, six I, tries, and, you know. Yeah. And it, it's hard to imagine, but it's like playing Worcester, right? Like, it, what's difficult for us in the mindset is to imagine Bath being that bad that we have to have pulled out this amazing performance to beat them. But actually, they're bottom of the table. They're rubbish. We we did the job. We got the bonus point. It was pretty comfortable throughout. Job done. Move on I, to the I, next game. I think the point for me, where, where I, I completely take your points, Noe, and I think you're right, but I think the difference is you look what Saris did to them down there where they put 70-odd points on them. Mm. And I think the problem for me with this is it's a bit like, and we'll come on to this, it's a bit like, again, against Harlequins, it doesn't feel like we're still. It still doesn't feel like we're putting in a full eighty performance yet. And yeah, that yeah, bit yeah but Sarries Sar- 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 didn't get any extra points for putting all those. No, they did. That's a good they point. Did, actually, they, they didn't, and I, I, I completely know what you're saying. But also, you would just like to see us just. I'd, I'd like us just to sustain going at a team. Like it was a bit. It's a bit worrying. Like the game, you come out of a game like it was dead by halftime. We all know that, and it is really hard. I appreciate it. it's hard to play a game of rugby when you 
mindset is like, well, this game is gone. But the best teams do keep that up. And I, it's not even really about the score. I just don't like the way we switched off so much. And it's it, it, it rears its head in a lot of games for us. We, I still think we need to try and sustain a consistent performance mm. for me. You're always going to have laps. I get that. You'll have a bad five minutes or a bad maybe 10 but for us it feels like we have a bad 20 do you know what i mean and in that game it was another example of that for me yeah. we, we, we but you know we touched on the same i was just thinking that whilst you're talking about it actually and sarah's putting 70 away we this season have played bath twice we put 40 on them on their own patch and we put 70 on them admittedly it's a completely different competition but we still put 70 points on them remember when we beat them 68 12 we were just coming to the peak of our powers back in 2002 we still yep. lost Still didn't beat them at the rack. No, we drew, yeah. and they and they were bottom. Of the, they were pretty much bottom of the league most of that season as well. But they were around that with Bristol. So you know, I think we've been very negative about the team, and rightfully so because they've been appalling for quite a while. Now they're starting to tick a bit better. It's just nice to be able to mo- to be able to turn around and say, hey, well, we wish we'd scored a few more points. It's not that we're being negative. It's just nice to be in that position. No, I, I agree. And it, I don't I don't think it was a bad result at all. Obviously, absolutely delighted. It just, it was a weird feeling, I think, is the way to describe it. Like, normally, you're absolutely delighted to win at the wreck because we're all old enough to know it. it's, like a ro- it's like rocking horse shit, normally, to get a win for us down there. So it does feel really weird to be after a game going... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's very odd. Being old, I can remember <laughs> two of their players' fathers um, when I was in my teens playing. <laughs> That's how old yeah, that, that, they, yeah. It is, yeah, it does make you feel old, doesn't it? Um, talk, yeah, talking about um, young players, and uh, we'll move on to the Worcester game now. Um, which was powered on the Wednesday. Uh, now, myself and Snowy attended that one up at um, at, the, at Six Ways. And I'll start off, first of all, Snowy, um, we'll talk about the game in a minute, but let's just quickly just touch on a few things about the actual experience of Six, Six Ways. And I, ha- I haven't been up there in a... I think the last time I've been up there was the uh, Northampton Cup final, I think. I might have gone to a Worcester game subsequently to that. It's been a while. And I've, I'll be honest... I forgot a couple of aspects of the experience at uh, Six Ways. Number one, parking, um, which is, it, well, I mean, you might as well, you might as well start trekking out tonight if you want to go to the game in uh, next season. It's a bloody long walk. I, I think you paid for the twenty-five minute walk parking, didn't you? Yeah, and I, yeah, you, you and, I, I, and, and I didn't pay for the thirty-minute walk parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I paid for the privilege of five minutes less of a walk. Yeah, um, it was it's uh, an absolute mission. It's a ridiculous thing. It's also the fact that you can see the stadium, but you have to walk three miles away from it before you start coming back to it again. Um, get your steps up, though. You do get your steps. Yeah, I hit my I hit my goal for the day um, on yeah. that one. Um, the other thing I, I sort of wanted to touch on, that was the biggest crowd Worcester have had this season. I think it's the biggest crowd they've had since COVID. Well, um, I'm assuming that the tickets were super, they were super cheap, weren't they? Because they we were had, cheap, that's probably yeah. the best view I've had in a, a game of rugby that I can remember. Yeah, like, halfway line. Halfway line, perfect. Halfway up the stand, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you in no, like 1873 no. equivalent? Yeah, Pretty no much, yeah, but I said you haven't got a massive pillow in front of you. No, so it was it was that benefit. Now, one thing I would say though is, uh, so nine and a half thousand, a, a good proportion of them, I would say probably a thousand maybe of Gloucester fans. Uh, the difficulty obviously, obviously is that it's dotted all around the ground, so it, you couldn't really get that sort of sense of an atmosphere. 
Now, an atmosphere would be something that they'd love to have at uh, Six Ways. Um, if I go, uh, if I, I if I play a trumpet noise or go, boom, 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 let me hear you say, wayo. Come on, Jack, come on, Snowy, fill in, mate. You've got to wayo. Wayo. Yeah, but no one was really doing it. No, was, and it was with that enthusiasm. As we did, I think. It was horrendous. <laughs> it really, really was bad. The, the, the atmosphere for a home game, I mean, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of kids there. I think there were probably quite a lot of people who are very casual rugby supporters, certainly Worcester supporters. But my word, was it about it? It was really, really poor atmosphere. Um, yeah, yeah um, I, I think it's just one of those, it was between Christmas and New Year, like most, most of the crowd there um, are probably go to one or two games max a season and it's all you know it's just it's just a day out so they 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 don't even recognize that they've only got out half a side or that it's not the full Gloucester team they're just there to watch a a one-off game and it felt like that in the atmosphere I think and it picked up in the last five minutes once the game got a bit closer and the Gloucester fans got involved yeah Um, but yeah it wasn't the best I I don't think I think it's quite a nice little rugby stadium though to be honest, it's, it's a decent, it's a decent um, ground. It's just a pig. It's a pig to get there. When you consider it's yeah. just off the motorway, it's like your ideal location for a for a rugby ground. It's oh, just off the motorway. Next to the junction, it should be the easiest stadium to get to, and they've somehow managed to make it. It's just an absolute. Can you imagine hell? being a Worcester fan though, or Worcester season ticket holder? Like you have watched die rugby over the last five years, and you've got to walk half an hour to get there. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's a weird place. I mean, going to the onto the rugby itself. Um, it obviously started really well. Gloucester scored a try within the first like two minutes, three minutes, with a fantastic score by Tom Seabrook. It's questionable defending, I think. I think it's fair to say on Worcester's behalf. Um, and then it kind of we had about a twenty minute period. That first twenty minutes, we really were on top, um, playing some very quite attractive rugby, making a lot of holes, not quite finishing them off. And unlike our, I would say our, our first select fifteen, um, we weren't, uh, we didn't have that strength in the mall and the in, and in the forwards. Um, and it was the experience of Worcester that told really that they, they had a front five, very experienced front five, Mark Garvey and uh, Kitchener at, at second row, and it really pretty much that's where the game was won and lost. Uh, Worcester, Worcester just beat us up in the pack, in the in the malls, in the scrums, couldn't really get a foothold. Um, and then they kind of moved away in the second half, only for Gloucester to make a really valiant comeback at the end. Um, just ran out of time, really. Um, but if I don't know about you, so I, I always throughout the game, it looked like we if we went through maybe four or five phases, we were creating holes left, right, and centre. But we just couldn't we we couldn't sustain that that attack long enough to 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 sort of get the score to, to put us in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think we tried to do a lot of first phase, and we'll probably yeah. touch on that when we come on to the um, Harlequins game as well. Even though That's I know they're, they're two, yeah, two very different squads, but there's clearly a sort of style we're trying to play. We mm. go a million miles an hour and try and create something. We might drop it. We might get turned over. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and it worked really well for the first ten minutes. But they, I think Worcester soon realised if they just slow the game down and and use their pack they're just going to get penalty after penalty and, and yeah. run ahead and that, that's what they did but we didn't really adapt our game plan um and i mean yeah obviously it's a it was a young side and that there was there was a reasonable difference between the two packs but it was a little bit disappointing that we didn't sort of recognize 
how the game was going and then adapt the way we play. Um, but as I say, it feels like that that might be one of the a sort of squad issue that we have at the moment that we'll probably go into in a bit more detail once we look at the uh, Harlequins game. Yeah, I, I think the, the one big takeaway was that there were a lot of young players in that pack. That, that you know, there was a fa- it was relatively experienced actually. If you look at the back line, um, you had an instant, well, Italy number nine. You had um, uh, Tom Seabrook, who's played a, a fair amount in the first team. Um, I think the only probably disappointing thing from an attacking point of view, and again, it, you've got to be you've got to be fair in that they don't have a, they haven't had a huge amount of time to play together, was that um, Georgi Kvazadze. I think where we might have expected him to really put an imprint on on the game uh, wasn't able to. Um, I think he was at uh, George Barton and he he were trying to play sort of pivot like Mark Atkinson and uh, Hastings, and I don't think you could clearly see they just hadn't had enough time together training or on the pitch together. Um, there was a few breakdowns in in communication there, um, so that was a bit disappointing. I have to say though the back three um, looked. Very good, and I think you can safe we can safely say that if, say, for example, we have a bit of a crisis in terms of injuries on the wing, um, we've got a, a, a really decent number of options. Uh, Alex wing, Morgan, wingers, certainly, yeah, wingers, really. Alex Morgan and, and Jacob Morris stood out again, um, in, in the back three. Um, and, and, and I, I'm I'm be very happy to see them uh play in the premiership, wouldn't have any questions or problems with them playing. Um, the only final thing to mention, actually, about the, the the Worcester game, I suppose, is that point does give us a bit of an advantage, I suppose, in, in terms of the, um, the shake-up for semi-finals. We've got one final game to play, which is Bristol. Um, and I, realistically, they're pretty much out of it already. So, Bristol... They've got other things to worry about at the moment. Well, they? they do have a little bit, a few more other things to worry about. So, Bristol and Richmond running out of it. And I, question, I wonder, by April... You know, we'll have a fairly decent idea of where we are uh, in terms of the league, in terms of Europe, and it might be a, a good opportunity to get some silverware or at least get to a final and give these guys a bit more experience and, and see. So it, we'll, we'll know where we are roughly. We'll know where we are with that game, um, and um, you know that should be quite a good one. Uh, interesting. So on the um, Ford Robinson podcast, which I can recommend anyone listens to, as a little plug. <laughs> um, which is very good. He mentioned that they were going to see how they did um, against Leon away and in this game and then look at what they're going to be sort of focusing on and targeting. Mm. I think with our league position and with Europe still alive, they're going to be hitting those two yeah, competitions guess, hard. Yeah. So my imagination is that when my imagination, my um, expectation is that we're not going to put any quality into the Premiership Cup now in terms of squad is going to be the, the players that aren't getting a run out for the first team. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think actually our, we have got a good, a good sort of academy set up and a good, a good wider squad. So I still think we can do well with that, but I don't think we're going to be targeting it at all. No, I mean, I suppose the only thing is we'll, uh, and we'll come on to the Quinns game next. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll take a little break and come on to the Quinns game next. Uh, and specifically about where we're, we'll probably know a lot more about where we're going to be at the end of the season in the next three, four weeks um, in terms of the, the fixtures we've got, who we're playing is the other key bit of that and what that will do to us in terms of league position. Um, but um, I think, yeah, we, we can, you know, I thought it was an enjoyable evening out. Uh, Snowy, bless him, had to drive all the way back up to Lancashire. What time did you get back? I think it was about 20 past 12. It's not too bad. And, and did you side, what, which, um, which service station did you side 
on well the, so yeah so all the actual uh, sort of restaurants and service stations were all closed at that time so i had a wh smith meal deal oh beautiful yeah, um, Snowy had the brilliant uh, choice when he got to the when we was when he was at Worcester at half time. I think it wasn't it a vegan vegan sausage roll or crisps, wasn't it? I, I queued for twenty five minutes to get to the front of the pasty stand to, uh, for them to tell me the only the only thing they had left was vegan sausage rolls, and I said no thanks. <laughs> I, for for our, our dear listeners, I got there early. And uh, I had a, a quite a decent steak and an alpai, so I'll, I'll, I can recommend that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're going to come back in a minute and we're going to talk about the Quinns game and then we'll talk about the um, the, the salary cap uh, allegations against uh, Leicester. And it is a little bit complicated, but it's worth exploring. And then anything else anybody wants to have a chat about? Right, we're back. We're going to talk about the uh, the Gloucester Quinns game, even though we don't necessarily want to. Um, but um, unfortunately, Gloucester came up uh, short against the current champions, uh, losing 20, uh, 20 points to seventeen. Um, and um, it was a it was again it was a full house at King's Own. Uh, well, that's what they say. They sold all the tickets. That's all they said. Um, yeah, but there were um, quite a few quite a few empty seats, clearly visible. Yeah, there were a few MCs. I mean, let's be fair and let's be honest. COVID is always going to cause a few people not to be able to come because they've got it or they're a bit worried about it. Totally well, understandable. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lawrence's dad is, is one of them. Um, now, uh, we'll, we'll just start with the game, I suppose. Now, Russ, you, you've, you've got it the freshest in your mind because you weren't able to watch it live, so you watched it today. Yeah. Um, your immediate sort of thoughts on the game as a whole... Um, for, for the game, yeah, yesterday. So, yeah, I think I, I said this in the group. I think one of the hardest things I find watching it back, because I knew the score, because I just mm. couldn't avoid it, um, you're kind of looking for why you lost rather than... It's really hard to watch it in a, you know, as you would live, where you're rooting and getting behind the lads and stuff. Um, where we lost it, I don't know. It just felt like... The, the, the most telling stat for me was the last phase of the game where we were trying to go for it, where we had a chance of winning. We had nine phases of play, which was the most phases of play we strung together all game. Yeah. Which, you know, it, so that, and I, I, I know Quinns didn't do much better. It was a very fragmented game. Mm. I just think we didn't take enough chances earlier in the game. I don't feel like we played badly. There's a few things that I had concerns on that I think I'll come on to. I thought, I always thought this game was a really good test of where we were because, you know, Quinn's a class. Um, I definitely think we were missing Atkinson. It felt like we lacked a bit of creativity in the centre of the park and yeah. the box kicking. It was always going to be a challenge to get that working against Quinn's. More looked good, but again, the more felt like that was all we had at times to create chances. And I think the biggest telling thing was just Quinn's class showed. I thought Don Brandt was absolutely brilliant for them. Esther Hazen, or however you pronounce his name. Esther Hazen, yeah. Esther Hazen, thank you. He was superb for them. He just got them over the gain line in a way that we seem to lack from our backs, and it just gave them more space to work with. And Danny Kerr just played the game brilliantly, kicked when he needed to, got them in the right positions. Um, and that compares to, I know I mm. gave Snowy a hard time 
a few weeks ago. Well, I was think I was trying to play devil's advocate about R9. I know we all are f- not fans of his, but I felt that like was probably the worst he's played. I think I put it in the group. I think within four minutes, I'd whinged about him twice out loud to myself, even though I knew the score. It, it was just so infuriating seeing some of the decisions that were coming from nine and ten. That ten minute bell after uh, the start of the second half, when they were still down to fourteen players um, before he got hauled, I, 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 that was just. He seemed to. It was all right. I'm having a shitter. I'm going to see how bad I can make it. It was almost like he was challenging himself to do it. It was that bad. No I mean, yeah. yeah. The defence, I thought, on the whole, the defence was really good. But for North Moore's try, I don't know what he was doing. You know, he sweeps across, but he just, he almost falls over. And it's one of those ones, and I'll say this because I've done it, where it's like, I'm going to fall over because I've done such a shit job of trying to make the tackle. At least if I fall over, it looks like I've tried to do something and it might just confuse, I, I don't know. The weird thing um, is, the last few games, he's been pulled after having a shocker and then just starts the next game. I know it's, it's it's weird, isn't it? It just feels like you know we rotate other players out. You probably rest. It, he just seems to start every game, and I, I do hate singling out players. I don't think he's the only reason we lost that game. I think it was just a lack of creativity compared to Quinn's just taking chances and having that little yeah. bit more class. Quinn's are more established than we are, aren't they? That, you know, they knew what they were doing, and. I, the one bit that Quinn's have a difference is they get their wingers into the game more. I still think we don't do enough with our wings to get them involved as in, much. Interestingly, Russ, yeah. that's, a, that's a really good point. But I have to say, that of all the games this season, I thought yesterday was the first game probably that we've really seen wingers like uh, Thorley and Louis Sam so actually is, coming off the wings. This, on this the is where it, this is where it gets interesting because, like, I I said I had the concern that I didn't think we lacked carriers, and you all rightly hung me to dry with saying, "Well, what about Ackerman?" Who I agree with. Singleton, I thought was superb and has been superb for a while. The Russian. It just feels like we consistently lack those. And our Fawley feels like, and that's the first game I really saw Fawley work really hard. When he gets the ball, he'll take two or three men with him before he goes down. Yeah, LRZ's a bit different, isn't yeah. he? He still looks very frustrated to me. I think he's trying well, too hard. Well, he was, not, he was not frustrated when there was the uh, intentional knock-on. Yeah, but I mean, get, that was ridiculous. It did post. feel like How there were a few... Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't give a, you're not going to get a penalty try 80 meters no, out. Jim. It was a clear yellow, <laughs> but being a you winger know. in this Gloucester setup, though, you are living on scraps. No, that's that's the thing. So the thing is for me, that's the difference with Quinns. Quinns have a way of playing, but what's what Quinns do is their wingers still do a lot. Green, line, Louis Liner, March, and they get involved still. And I still just I just think, yes, the box kick has a lot to going for it. It's clearly our game plan. It works very effectively. We can't fault it. But I think to beat teams like Quinns, we need a bit more development now. We need to find a way to use our wingers more, especially they feel like our most potent. And I think the other person we really miss for creativity at the moment even though Lloyd Evans had a really good game as Carreras I just think we lack something in that back line and we just missed a couple of players I think mm. um, I, I agree like Carreras was a big miss but I for me creativity isn't the issue it's almost the opposite but like we we try to score very fast and very quick off first phase ball and it, it, this alludes to what I said with the Worcester game where it seems to be a squad issue and, and if we can't and it slows down, then we kick it away. And the big issue against Quinns and the stats 
definitely back this up because it's an absolute horror stat, is that once we got tackled or once someone did get over the game line, we just turned the ball over so yeah. easily. Yeah. And, and what I'd much prefer to see is when we've done all that hard work in defence and it was as good a defensive performance as I can ever remember us seeing us put in. We were superb in defence. Mm. We've, we've turned the ball over. We've, we've braked. We've made 40 metres. We've got up to halfway. We give it to a forward who gets over the game line, makes five metres, and straight away they've got a jackal over the ball and they've turned the ball back over. Yeah. Yeah, that's time and time and time again. That's probably my frustration, Snow, actually. So taking that criticism I made, it's like you looked at the difference. So when Etzebet or uh, Dombrant went over, like you said, they're quick rut and they're over. For us, it just feels a bit isolated or slow. It it doesn't even fit with our strengths, really, because we're scoring lots of tries from the rolling mall off penalties. So great, we're, we're great. Let's just slow it down and keep possession. That's how you win penalties. Is, yeah. is go through some of the hard grind as well as as trying to score our first phase. So I'll come to Jim and Loz in a second as well, just on this. Um, there's a couple of things we've kind of mentioned already, and I wanted to just touch on a few things. First of all, was that that we did miss Atkinson, we did miss that second playmaker. I thought um, Billy Twelve Trees did his best on that, um, but again, it's it's he had a great game in defence. Yeah, yeah, and I would say everyone had a really good game in defence. I can't think of anybody who was who was not anyone shirks, but everyone put lots of tackles in. Everyone, and I think the difference is from maybe earlier this season and certainly last season is when a tackle is broken, our recovery defence is superb, and it it has been for the last few weeks. So I think ever since we had the week off, um, you know, the the bye week, Um, the, the 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 combination I think of missing Atkinson, I think me and is. I don't think his box kicking actually has been, was that good against other teams this week, this year. His box kicking has been superb. Um, you know, I think, and, I think and that's, that's what's seen him start, isn't it? I that's, think. that's the reason why. And I think, you know, kicking off both feet and all the rest of it, but too often they were going too long. It was almost a bit like the Leicester game, uh, in the first game of the season. They were just going too long, meaning the Quins could just get out of that situation. There wasn't, the, there wasn't enough pressure on the ball. I, I uh, felt the, that, um, yeah, giving, um, giving green, Kind of the ball with that amount of space was yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, to what because quite. he is a fantastic open field runner and Marchant and, in the same way. And, exactly. Yeah, the same. yeah, and a Marchant, you know, with, he had a got great step and got through that first wave of defence quite a few times. And I just think if those kicks had just been on the money, so um, the likes of Thorley would absolutely. I mean, a couple of times he had to check his run to because yeah. he, he wasn't going to get the ball. So he just checked his run a little bit and then smashed man and ball, but it wasn't close enough to the touchline to knock him out. I think they had one that we took. Um, I think, yeah. And Evans, Evans caught it about three millimetres, you know, from the touchline. Yeah, they yeah. won from, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they got creamed into touch. nowhere to go yeah. and got creamed into touch. And you just think that should have been us doing that to them as well. The, the one thing it I would say is, to, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Great. Well, just in, in terms of odds, I'd say nine times in ten, if not more, it's just a turnover of possession. And for me, surely the point of a box kick is that you're trying to create a 50-50 opportunity. Yeah, I suppose yeah. you are. Yeah, and I think I think certainly, I think probably if we look at this, it'd be interesting to look at all the stats. And I haven't got them in front of me, but it would be interesting to see the number of box kicks that have really resulted in turnovers. That's a, that would be a very in, in-depth stat you'd probably have to try and dig out. But zero, I think. The well, no, we we do we do turn over the. Yeah, in that game, yeah. Now, the one thing I would say, though, is um, 
for all of the moaning about kicking the ball away, and we've said this before, that kicking the ball away isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world you can do. And I think it was highlighted that Quinn's kicked the ball away the most, I think, last season or the rest of it. Actually, if you watch the game back, and Russ would have probably attested this, that uh, Marcus Smith kicked the ball away quite a lot. And the difference was he was kicking the ball in our 22 often. So, you know, they were attacking in our 22. But what he was always doing almost every single time was he was turning the defence. And, and was, that's it. Sorry, he was no, making he was making our wingers and our fullback and our centres or whoever was covering have to make a decision. Um, do I ground it in field or do I take it out of touch? Do I kick it? You know, all these different things. He was making us make a decision rather than I've just got to catch it. And I think that's it. And also Care has that, mixes it up. There was one yeah. where he goes blind, realises he's running down a blind alley, but he actually puts a really good kick into the corner and pins us back down. So from nothing, he's then put the pressure back on us. For us, it's kind of like our kicking is usually one of our players gets smashed, doesn't quite go over the game line. We don't even try and create another phase or yeah, generate anything. Yeah, that's frustrating, anything. I think. I think and then it? we go for a box kick every time. It's not yeah. like we even do what some teams do where we dummy a box kick. Um, I'd like to see us do more 50-22s, 50-20s, whatever. Just mix it up a little bit more because it's so predictable, isn't yeah. it? I think that's the problem with our kicking game. So, so Loz, your view, I want to come to you on about the, the, the pack. So obviously our, our, our mall wasn't as dominant or able to be as dominant we just didn't have any chances. But let, let's really make a big play for the fact that Ruin Ackerman is, I think, as I think someone put on on Twitter, I think it was uh, Andy T, one of our, Andy, on our, yeah. one of our mates, but on Twitter, uh, Twitter this afternoon or this morning that, you know, halfway through the season and Ruan Ackerman is an absolute shoe in for player of the season. I mean, he was absolutely superb again. Mm. Yeah, no, he's, he's playing. Yeah, I mean, for his try, he just came through like an absolute steam train. I mean, it was ridiculous. Mm. And we talked, you know, about uh, Lester Hazen and, you know, he just seemed to be like a foot taller than everyone else on the field and an absolute monster of a centre smashing into us and you know yes he was making headway and I thought our defence coped with him really well to be fair Um, but Ackerman was just doing exactly the same for us he was just making huge territory gains with all his runs Mm. and a couple of of really big hits in defence and that try just you know epitomised the whole kind of um physicality that he brought for us because he got tackled by three guys how he wasn't held up no, no. Not he was I've got uh, the um, I've got the stats in front of me just for a couple of interesting ones so go on. nearly, nearly every stat is equal apart from two that stand out so one is territory 64% Quins to 36% for us yeah which is about that game management kicking trying to hold on to the ball Everything else is equal apart from turnovers, which is 13 to Quinns and one to us. Yeah, I mean, Loz will come back to you. Sorry, those, yeah, sorry, Loz. Yeah. But yeah, I think right, those yeah. two stats say a lot about the, the game, really. Uh, so, you were talking about the kicking. One thing I did notice with it, it's not just the, um, the actual kicking. I think I felt their kick defence. And what I mean by that, the positioning of their players was a lot better than what ours were. So when there, a couple of times Danny Kerr bulleted rubber kicks right along. We didn't have anyone to cut that out. It wasn't even an option for us because their position seemed better. Russ was saying about trying a 50-22. There was a couple of times we looked like we were going to do it, but it almost looked like it was a bad floaty kick in the end because they were in such good position to start with. 
they were able to catch the ball and defuse that potential threat. Um, so that, that was one thought I, I had on what from what we've just said. Is that something which I'm not trying to be negative on us there. I'm just trying to um, um, the positive I mean, yeah, on their, their defence. But what really got me about that game is, uh, uh, you mentioned about the pack and, and whatnot. In the, the the first couple of scrums, we absolutely marmalised them. With the first yeah. couple of line eights we won, we didn't go for the rolling ball. We went for the tip off the top and we tried to play with a bit of pace. They ended up with a player in the bin. A bit later on, they had another player in the bin. After 50 minutes, it was still 10 all. So they played 20 of the 50 minutes with 14 players and we're level with them. And that's where we lost the game, I'm afraid. And that is a, a, where we, for all our improvements, we're still back at the same stage we were talking about the beginning of last season where we were moaning about the teams being down to, tw- to 13 players even and we're still losing the matches and, and things like that. And that yeah, that if you look at those, those periods were played an hour 22 yeah, yeah they were i think that was yeah that's what frustrated me it's like you, you know they're not lots of go for the juggler a bit there like you know try and um, i agree although i think russ i think what one thing we, we probably don't do enough actually when we talk about the box we do focus on gloucester so much is i think actually sometimes and and actually i have to be honest this is one thing i was quite surprised at if you look on twitter and you look on facebook and you look on shared web and pretty much every other social media outlet um this is probably the first game I've ever seen where I would say the majority of the vast, vast majority of Gloucester fans went, Do you know what? Queens were better. They were better. And, 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 and they, they were just a better side. And they, they I agree. Would, I agree, Ed. And they, you, you could see they did their homework. The mall defence of theirs was really good at first. Because yeah. the first few, they were pushing us wide. And the commentators would make the point that actually Mia needed to be calling that ball out more. And actually, to be fair... If we're going to give Gloucester credit, this is where you could. This is the first time I felt we saw us trying to revolve that more because Ackerman's try was very clever. We'd gone for the driving mall a few times and give me in credit. He makes a big difference because he runs as if the ball's going to the front man and you can see it pulls the defense. And then yeah. they go, they, you know, they. So the game was evolving. And I think that's what I'd like to see now with the kicking is, and I, I think, you know, being kind to Gloucester. The game has evolved a bit, hasn't it? We've moaned about it, but you can see the development of the strategy that we're trying to play, and it's got to kick on a bit more now, hasn't it? And, yeah, I just think that was one of those ones where actually you look back and you go, Quinns were just better than us. Quinns, Quinns are the reigning champions. They had an absolute monster season, didn't they? Yeah, Sorry, huge, huge, broke up. Sorry, huge season, yeah. Sorry, Lodge, no, go again, mate. Yeah, no, I just, I, they, look, they were out, that Quinns were, are a very good team, they're, they're, they're rightful champions, but that game was there for the taking in that first half, our pack was dominant at the start of the match, we got them down um, to, to a player short a couple of times, we didn't take that opportunity as much, I know Ackerman scored well, so that they had the player in the bin, I admit that, and what I would say be quite interesting, if Val hadn't dropped that ball, and we'd scored that try, gone, and gone the length of the pitch, I'd be quite forget the fact that that would have meant we had five points and won the game, blah, blah, blah. I would have been intrigued to see whether then Quinns would have come back into the game quite as well as they did, because I think that would have put us potentially 17 nil up, I think. And it might have changed the way we played. Yeah, I I agree, Lars. And it might have changed the way we played. It might have opened up the game a bit more because we might have felt like, look, that's there for the taking. I think going forward, what, what we've got to look at here is. We've done quite well this season, haven't we? In terms of that, I think it was Tom Rush shared it. We've beat every team below us, bar Irish, who we drew with. And we've lost, with the exception of Saracens, every team above us. And I think where we need to go now is 
that record needs to stay. We need to be beating the teams below us again, but we've got to start winning a couple of games of those teams around above us a bit if we're going to stay in the mix. I think top four is a big ask, but I still think top six for Europe is there. I mean, top four is not out of the question with a few results. And I think yeah. that's where what we're all getting at is it feels like that's competable, but we've just got to do a bit more. Sorry, Lars, you look like you're no, trying to jump no, in. No, I no, 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 please. I just forgot what I was going to say. That's why I'm pulling that face. <laughs> I think we can look at the league. I look at the league table now. And I'm kind of all the teams below us. I'm thinking, yeah, they deserve to be below us. And the teams above us, I'm thinking, yeah, fair, fair play. They're, they're a bit better than us at the minute. I'd but agree, Jim. At mm. the same time, I'm also thinking, do you know what? I think we're going to be a much better better side in uh, in six months time and you know it might be a season too early for us to be you know really competing but I I, I do think and I, you know I said to a couple of people um, after the game I think Quinns are just a year further down the line than we are with their young players their development and their, their older players, the likes of Care, who've had an absolutely storming previous sort of 12, 18 months. Uh, so I, I think in another six months' time, are the likes of Care going to still have the energy levels that they've been showing for the last 18 months? Because clearly he's, you know, one of, the, one of the older players in their squad. And I just think that if Chapman gets a good run of games and suddenly... Uh, you know, gets first choice and, you know, I think he could be kind of up there and then all of a sudden you start looking at our squad and you can compare it to the likes of Queens and go, do you know what, player player on player, we've said how great Don Brandt is and, um, you know, the, the, the back line, but I, th I think we could probably go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any team. And that, and that and that's fantastic. For, I for think the only my only caveat before Lars comes into that, Jim, I completely agree. But we all, I think, we need to remember like today we were about that. Sorry, yesterday we were about Atkinson. Atkinson's thirty-two. Sooner or later, he's going to go. We're going to we only we're only going to have him for a few more years at the level he's playing at. So my worry is we need to find a way to to develop someone who's going to step in and fill in for him to become long-term. Like I love Atkinson and the way he's playing at the moment, but long-term to compete, we can't have weeks where we're going to miss him as much as we no. did yesterday. But, and but that's the next about, step for me. Yeah. We talked about how good our academy, you know, are. Um, and we've, we've got a real good situation at the moment where we've got a lot of our kind of our bench players and some of our second string players that are coming in, and you don't really notice the difference. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe this season's probably too early, but I think next season we'll have 30 players. We'll have two, um, at least two players in every position that can, um, you know, that can mix and match and swap and change. And it won't really affect um, what the squad can, uh, what the squad can do on match day, which is what the top sides need because you can't have, an injury to a certain player and then suddenly have to change a game plan. I think that's one of the, the strengths about our side this season, to be honest, is um, we actually do have that depth this season. And whilst, yes, Atkinson is a big loss, but he's one of the form players in the Premiership. He'd be a big loss for any team. I think 12 Trees did a job 
the issue for me wasn't him. I, you know, I've always had a good game, but we just didn't protect possession. And no, I, exactly. I think that was ultimately yeah. the, the well, thing that well, mattered. What I was going to say, well, I forgot, I remembered now, is Snow, you've touched on this in the past as well, previously. The structure, we, I felt as though into the second half, we lost our structure and the game became more broken. And against the side of Quinn's quality of just being able to run a try-in from anywhere, Quinns and Bristol are probably the two teams who don't want to lose structure again because they love a broken game. And we we, we, we parked the bus. It was like Barcelona in the football that time, you know, where they... Um, sorry, Chelsea against Barcelona, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was... Yeah, where it was where basically, we, we defend, we defend, and we and then we try and break. And if we can score on a break, great. And then defend, defend, defend. And when whenever we actually got the ball and it was slow, we didn't know what to do with it. And that, I think that comes from the fact that for the last 12 months, we've played a game plan where we're not trying to keep possession. That They're not drilled in how do we keep possession and create fast ball off slow ball. Yeah. Um, so I think we can all agree it was, that even though it was a defeat, that there were certain positives. I think certainly defensive systems, we are again. The defensive system is, is is definitely improved and is continuing to improve. Um, I think it was nice to see the you know certainly from the mall um, we were developing a few things and it wasn't just a simple driving mall because we've seen that go wrong and then we get suckered in and not be able to like again against Exeter wasn't it really pretty much that game. Um, but um, I, you know I, I'm I'm fairly confident that as uh, Russ has highlighted, if we can, if we, if we can win the remaining home games against the teams below us, uh, maybe pick up a win or two against, um, you know, we've got Saracens to play at home. We've still got Bath to play at home. Um, obviously last game of the season, towards the end of the season. Um, we've got Northampton to play at home uh, and Irish. You look at those sides and you think, well, we can, you know, I'll be quite confident of winning all of those games. Saracens is going to be the big one. Um, um, as, as, was it one of you guys that put the, um, the image of the table was like basically everyone below us. Yeah, that's what Russ was saying about earlier, wasn't it? That yeah, uh, other than yeah. other than Exeter, we we've beaten everybody um, above uh, everyone. Everyone and that, below and that us. Game, yeah. That game, I was I was so so much more frustrated after the Exeter game than I was after this Quinns game. Yeah, because yeah. I felt Quinns Quinns deserved just about the win. Exeter, mm. Exeter didn't, and I was no, really, no. We, really... we underplayed against Exeter, and we probably overplayed. Yeah, against I I'd agree, and I think Irish was a frustrating one as well. Oh, well, you consider how bad we were against Irish, and only yeah. come up, and then to get a draw, we kind of felt at the time, oh, that was a decent draw. But actually, if you look back, we probably should have won it if we did any rugby if we, at all. If we'd have played oh. anywhere like we started to play later, I think yeah, we exactly, blown them away. Um, right, we're going to quickly move on. We've got five minutes left. We're going to quickly move on to the um, other story that's kind of dominated rugby in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, um, well, alleged, shall we say, uh, salary cap uh, misdemeanors by Leicester Rugby, Leicester Tigers. Now, I should say Leicester have just won. They've won their 11th game of the, of the season. They've still have unbeaten. They beat Newcastle today. Um, so th- now, 13 from 13, aren't they? 13 from 13. Or 14 from 14, I think, or even maybe 15 from 15, because it depends on how it is. Oh, cup, cup games as well, yeah. Cup games as well. Now, what, what, so apparently the, the alleged breach is related to, um, uh, image rights, uh, which is one of, I think that was the original issue that Saracens had, wasn't it, around image rights? The second thing yeah. with Saracens was the, 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 the companies that were being set up and being paid into, into separate companies. Um, now I, 
my gut on this is that it sounds like it's nowhere near the scale that Saracens were doing it. This sounds more, from what's kind of being leaked out about it, it sounds like it's more of an accounting issue rather than necessarily a, um, uh, you know, a, a deliberate attempt to bend the rules. Um, but the the since Saracens, the rules that have come in have meant that every pound you're over the salary cap, uh, you have to pay three pound as a fine, as a as a fine. And I think if you're over two hundred thousand um, pounds in the salary cap, it then kicks into points deductions. I think if you get over seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds, which is doable, you know, you're looking across the squad, um, you're getting into quite serious points deductions, which would take them well down the league. Um, now, obviously, we don't know the facts at the moment. Leicester are obviously uh, engaging with professional rugby and all the rest of it and PR and all the rest of it but it's not a good look is it it's another it's another yeah, high profile it, it, team it's not but it's like you say Leicester are you know doing everything they can to um, to assist because the, the current Leicester um, are, are a totally different Leicester yeah. than were in charge uh, it's a historical coach, thing rather than yeah, a coach, yeah, the coaching I, I, team the CEOs all the rest of it they've all mm. changed haven't they since yeah. this they uh, have but it, uh, situation occurred. They have, but it's still a bit of a limp thing. Is oh yeah, well we're different now. You still bloody cheated. I mean, you you know, it's a bit like Maybe. things in the political <laughs> world where it's like well, you can't invest. Yeah, allegedly, you can't investigate the past because that they've cheated at the moment. I'm not just being. I'm not. Oh, sorry, to... Lars. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, but. Okay, let, let's didn't cheat a few years ago when they were slightly over the salary cap. Yeah, let me let me paraphrase that. Let me just do that bit again. Then. Okay, so my problem with it is whatever you think about it, I, the bit I dislike is they're saying, well, allegedly all of this went on in the past and they're trying to fob it off. It's still Leicester, whether or not it's the current regime or not, it still has an impact long term. I mean, Saracens, uh-huh. when it allegedly, well, it's not allegedly with Saracens, when it happened, they then went on to build what they did. So it's set a platform, whether or not it's to do with the current owners, it's still, if they are found guilty of it, they still broke the laws. Yeah, the you, you, say, you say that, you know, it's it's the same Leicester and all this. And, and I've noted that uh, on Rugby Tonight, they were kind of talking about it's totally different to the Saracen situation because they didn't win any silverware during that period. That just means they were really shit. That just means they were shit at breaking it, doesn't it? If you they broke have... the rules and didn't win anything, they were just shit at breaking the yeah, rules. But, but what it can also do, and it kind of happens with, with drug cheats, doesn't it? That, you know, if you do... If you do uh, performance enhancing drugs for three years and then get banned for a couple and then you come back you still reap the benefits from the ability to train harder and all the rest of it so you're a stronger professional athlete off the back of that drug cheating even a couple of years after the fact and I yeah just like you say Russ I, I do wonder if because they have situations don't they um, about getting promoted out of the championship, for example, that you can't mm. kind of stack stack wages um, so that, you know, you pay a player a couple of million in his first year and then tuppence in his fourth year um, when, when you, you assume that you're going to have been promoted into the premiership. So, I, yeah, I get there's definitely going to be some follow-on from uh, I, I, I... them doing that to, to the present day. 
really quickly, Jim, as well, the other thing in cycling that happened was when the doping all happened, the excuse, everyone was like, I'm going to do it because everyone else is. And that's the problem. You can't justify it by saying, oh, I did it. It doesn't matter how well we did it. The more teams do it, the more others will start to bend the rules as well. Mm. Um, right. Well, that's about it uh, for the, the week. Thank you very much, guys. That was a, a nice whistle-stop tour of the Christmas period. Uh, we'll be back, um, I think, after the Saracens game, which I think is next week. My brain is not entirely uh, attuned to yes, it is. Yes, no. what's going on. So we'll be back then. And thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.